Hey, 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 it is Dr. Marriott here with health tips for your commutes. Uh, today is the part, the last part in the three-part series go, going over a broad overview of the three pillars of health, uh, those being movement, nutrition, and recovery. So we've already gone over movement and nutrition, and today is all about recovery, the recovery process, and what your um, body kind of needs. And again, today's uh, just about a big overview so we'll be touching on a couple concepts that will probably end up going into a greater depth in each individual podcast um, in our podcast to come so uh, and yeah so let's just go ahead and get started into it so in order to so you need three things for recovery you need first the ability or capacity to do it um, then you need the tools to do it and you need the time to do it. Uh, like I love to compare the human body uh, to cars all the time because <laughs> it's what it's the most intricate, elegant machine that uh, we know of in like our human experience, right? That and computers. We, 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 although both of those machines fall woefully short of the capacity of our human bodies, um, that it, it's something that we can help. We, the inner workings of that are, is something that we can kind of like wrap our heads around as, <laughs> as human beings because the human body is so like far beyond the everyday person's uh, like understanding. Like that it, it just, it's just like, yeah, it works. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how it works because science quite honestly doesn't understand all the capacity of the human body if you want to get into the EMFs and how they interact with our physiology and frequencies of our human tissues and how exactly uh, fascial restrictions are stored and memories are stored and uh, because it goes far beyond just our neural networks. Anyways, going off on a tangent like I always do, um, let's bring it back to uh, the example of the car, right? So if my car, um, f first of all, we always have to regenerate, right? Because you can't, you can't just keep on going, going, going and running yourself down into the ground. At some point you have to actually like repair tissues, right? That I, I hope that's easy to like intuitively just like take in. <laughs> you have to at some point repair the damage that's caused. Even if you're like, oh, I didn't do any damage. I just, you know, went to work and came home. There was, I didn't even work out. I broke down no tissue. That just living, metabolism, just to survive, breaks down tissue. So you always have, it's always a balance between breaking down and building up, breaking down and building up. Anyways, so if your car breaks down, right? So are you gonna be able to fix your car? Maybe, if you're a mechanic, you might have the ability to do that. I, for one, do not have that ability. I have no idea, it, barring putting gas into it, plumping up the tires, and uh, in some models, I am able to change oil. <laughs> but other than that, if something else goes wrong, um, I'm just SOL, shit out of luck, okay? <laughs> so first of all, you need somebody who ha like has the knowledge or the ability to do it. Uh, to fix your car, right? But even if, say, a mechanic lived next door to you, he has the ability to do it. And so you could ask him, hey, can you help me fix my car? And he's like, oh, no, I keep my, my tools at the shop. 
And so he doesn't have, so even though he has the ability, he, he can't do it because he doesn't have the correct tools or building blocks in the translation to the human body uh, that I'm using right here um, to do it. Okay, so, but even if he did have, say he, he, he has a mobile mechanic shop, he just so happens to have a mobile mechanic shop. So now he has the ability to do it and he has the tools to do it. But if you found that your car wasn't, uh, wasn't working because you went to go turn it on to get to work and you found that it wasn't working and then you asked him, oh, will you, will you fix my car? And he's like, oh yeah, totally. I can fix your car. Let me work on it. Well, that means he needs time to do it too, because you're still not going to get to work on time if, if you were already running five minutes behind. There's, or even if you're running five minutes ahead of time, you're still probably not going to get to work on time because he has to ha have the ability, the capacity, the tools to do it, and the time to do it. Okay. So, da, 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 da. sorry, I'm just following around along in my notes here. So. Okay, so now let's talk about our body specifically. So our, you need the, what orchestrates the recovery? So you need the ability to recover. So what actually coordinates that? So the major thing that drives recovery is like, you need a, you need a few things, right? You need proper hormone balance, right? To, so to actually like, dole out the hormones that that uh, coordinate recovery, like growth hormone and testosterone helps with that too. And other 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 hormones that that help your body know what tissues uh, need to have attention paid to them, right? And then that your thyroid hormone actually is kind of the gas that tells your body like what set point how much energy are we needing to expend in what area of your body right and so it, it can actually help charge up more energy to certain whichever cells need the energy right those are the ones where more hormone thyroid hormones are getting shunted to okay and then um the and then the parasympathetic tone so if you are and we covered this in an earlier podcast if you're the parasympathetic versus sympathetic tone if you're in a sympathetic fight or flight state then you're less charged in the parasympathetic state more often than not there's I, I know I'm oversimplifying this because now we know that you, there's gas and breaks to both parasympathetic and sympathetic both independent of each other as opposed to uh, a continuum where parasympathetic's on one side and sympathetic's on the other we we understand that that's kind of not how that goes because you can both be parasympathetically charged and sympathetically charged and your body just is like what the f is going on <laughs> um anyway so you actually have to at some point become parasympathetically dominant in order for your body to take over and start um, doing the actions of recovery and repairing your tissues. Okay. Cause that's the rest and digest and recover part of your, uh, autonomic nervous system. And so who actually do the work of recovery first, your mitochondria need to be like, cause in order for your body to do anything, 
at all, like they, you have to have energy to do it. Like if you don't have energy, you die. Like just done. <laughs> you don't have energy, you die. Um, so you, you need energy from somewhere, from some source at some point, right? And then you're, and usually, obviously we get that from food. And then once we take the food and we change it around a little bit, and then our, the, if you get down to, to the cellular level, then the mitochondria are those things that actually take the food particles, the fat and the, um, the fat and protein, the glucose, but more often glucose and uh, fat, it, and change it, changes it into, um, into electrons and then turns around and then changes it into something called ATP, which is energy which your body uses can, uh, to, to run its processes. And so the, the mitochondria are responsible for providing the energy and the uh, immune system does a lot of like the cleanup. They're like the cleanup crew of any, cause you can't just like do a job, right? You gotta finish the job. Like when you like repair a deck or something, it's not done until like, all the tools are cleaned up and all the sawdust is vacuumed up and all this other stuff, right? You can't just like have a lot of debris because over thousands and millions of turnovers of all this metabolism, like you have to actually like clean stuff up <laughs> at some point or else it's just like, it's just mayhem. Everything's going everywhere. That, and you also have to throw in antigens and foreign particles and toxins that need to be that weren't supposed to be there in the first place that end up getting in just because we interact with our environment from second to second all the time, right? And so our immune system plays a very important role in both cleaning up after our own processes and also protecting us against um, our interfaces with our environment. The, in the kidneys, the, as I was talking about, the immune system helps us like to actually block and detoxify out things. So the immune system's job is to pull all that stuff, all the byproducts and the antigens and all the toxins that get into the peripheral body and then kind of shove it down and like sh uh, sweep it into our liver for processing and detoxification, right? And so it so does both internal and external detoxification because we create garbage ourselves and then we have garbage that's actually we end up taking in that isn't ours and then we have to eliminate that and get it out of us as well so our liver is incredibly important and a lot of people they think liver they think oh it's just i i don't drink too much alcohol so my liver's fine i'm like that that is that is such a small small part of what your liver does. It does it does a lot of detoxing of other substances. Yes, alcohol is very much a poison and your liver does need to detoxify it. But all you have other like environmental toxins that it needs to uh, detoxify out and so, like some chemicals that we put on our food and actually intentionally ingest. It uh, has to detoxify out things that we've inhaled or anything, anything uh, from our like interfaces with our environment that aren't supposed to be in our body, it has to detox everything. Then on top of that, it has to clean up everything that 
we've used. So in metabolism, like you can't use a protein forever, even if you could use a protein forever. W once the garbage proteins are, say, it, after like it, your body, say, tore down some tissue, and say that the the protein that is no longer part of that tissue, no, part of that bicep or something like that, it gets shunted to, it gets cleaned up and shunted to the liver for processing. And I say that because maybe it's not fully used up yet. Maybe the, the integrity of that protein is still really good. And so the liver will actually change it around and then shove it back out into your bloodstream to be up took, uptaked, up taken up, taken up by some other tissue to be used, uh, that, uh, that amino acid could be uh, uh, taken out by another tissue in order to maybe build skeletal muscle or some other type of tissue, right? Um, or if maybe that amino acid is starting to lose its integrity, that's when your liver is like, nope, nope, no more, we're done with this one, and then it'll help. Well, technically it's not your liver, it's your your uh your kidneys that uh pass out garbage protein that that aren't aren't useful anymore but either way you kind of put those in the same category any the where the body doesn't really need it anymore and it gets rid of it right kidneys and livers can kind of be in that same block but the liver is quite important because well the kidney the kidney does other things besides just detox right it creates uh certain hormones that help regulate your uh hydration balance uh, and things like that. And then you go into the adrenals and it also regulates a, a bunch of like blood sugars and and things like that, um, even testosterone. Um, but, the, but the liver, the liver, the liver has all kinds of incredibly important hormones that it uh, spits out. Uh, it, and it's just such the, so important. So take care of your liver. Anyways, that was a side note. Um, now, um, so we're talking about like the idea of homeostasis, um, the ability of breaking down and building back up because some, uh, somebody, as I was touching on at the beginning of this podcast, um, the idea of breaking down and building up, breaking down and building up, like that your body's constantly in the, in the state of breaking down and building up, breaking down and building up. And so it's your choice of whether, whether you want it to be continually on that downswing or continually on that upswing. Because either way, like we understand the, or everyone, all of us have heard of the concept of homeostasis, but it's kind of like a misnomer, right? Like we, we're never in stasis. We never stay this, homeo meaning the same and stasis meaning you stay there. You stay at the same spot. But any of our physiological processes, none of our, none of them are in homeo, true homeostatic control. They're like, somebody coined a phrase, not me, somebody more brilliant than I am, coined the phrase homeodynamics, which is, I feel a much better representation of what's actually going on because there's feedback mechanisms that help your bodies hover right between the physiological norms. So the physiological norms, meaning like if you go too high, you're in a pathological state, you need to go to the doctor. If you go too low, you're in a pathological state, you have to go to the doctor, right? And so 
like finding your ebb and flow, your little like wave form that stays between the that too much and too little threshold is kind of that key spot of where you kind of want to hold. And the tighter you have control over those physiological processes is a better indicator of health, right? And so one of the one of the famous quotes from one of the guys who started chiropractic was that other professions uh, seek to uh, change the environment to suit the weakened frame of the human, whereas chiropractic is concerned with strengthening the human frame in order to um, essentially better cope with the changes in the environment. And I'm like, wow, that's really beautiful. That, and that, that's so true. The better, like, that's our goal in life is to keep that tight rein on our homeostatic processes so that as as we get thrown off of that balance an indicator of our health or um, a measuring stick of how healthy we are is how easily and quickly we can start to we can come back into between those physiological norms right and so it's always and it's useful like it's um We're always ever changing. Okay. So let's bring back the concept of the parasympathetic versus the sympathetic. Um, like your, so your body can recover from a lot of things. It can, it can, it can heal itself. Right. But only if it ha if it's in that parasympathetic state where you're organizing that rest and recovery. Right. Okay. And so the things that, so now, so now we're moving on to, so we've already covered the ability and we kind of covered the tools really too, because that's basically providing your body really good nutrition to actually orchestrate the recovery. So you need the capacity of your hormone systems and your mitochondria and your liver in order to to actually do the recovery and then you need the building blocks to do the recovery the tools which is the good quality nutrition that i was talking to you about and the challenge of the different motor programs that we've already covered and now we're going to go into um the state that you need to be in to the, the things that help pull you into that parasympathetic state in order to tell your body, yes, it's time to heal. It's time to recover. Now the things that can help you do that is clearing your heads, clearing your head and then clearing your like actual physical space. So clear, clearing your head, like a meditation, uh, is really good. Sometimes people don't really do well with meditation, particularly if you've, uh, suffered significant trauma in your life and you haven't actually, um, dealt with it effectively yet. Uh, people, show really a hard time meditating, especially if they wanted to do a dissociation or a concentration meditation, don't recommend it. <laughs> Something like a movement meditation might be a little bit more effective, like a yoga. So anything where you're like concentrating on your 
your breathing and really getting breath into you because one that's a two-part thing what we we know with heart rate variability tracking that it helps increase your parasympathetic tone but it, what breathing also does is bring oxygen into the system well what what does oxygen what what does oxygen do it um it gives oxygen into your mitochondria and then your mitochondria then take that oxygen and then feed it into your uh and then it change it around uh and it make energy of it okay and then what is it what then what does it do it that energy is then used to help restore and recover you perfect right okay and then you also need to clear your liver so you're making sure that you're turning over your liver and you're making sure you're flushing out your liver so it can do its job. Because the cleaner that it is, the better that it can clean the new stuff, right? If it's already overloaded, then if you give it one more insult, then it's like, nope, going on vacation, can't take that. <laughs> and then all that garbage starts spilling over into your system and then you just overload and you can't take it. And so always making sure that you're caring for your liver and making sure that you're moving things through your liver and giving it the support that it needs to do its job. And then, like I said, um, supporting your mitochondria, making sure you're eating properly to give your body the proper building blocks, and that you're optimizing your sleep. Because we now know that sleep is not an inactive state. Sleep is a very active state um, in which you're doing a lot of things, um, mostly recovering from the day before, right? You're detoxifying out a bunch of things. You're uh, adapting new programs into your brain. Um, you're processing things that have happened and you're doing a lot of the cleanup that's necessary in order to carry on metabolism from day to day. And uh, yeah, and that's when a lot of your immune function happens. Why do you think you sleep like 12 hours when you're catching a cold? Because your body needs that time to actually like it's like, okay, this is when all this, the subconscious, oh, so I was talking uh, to my friend the other day, it's like, some, somebody's like, you only use 10% of your brain. And I'm like, no, you're, you only use 10% of your brain for conscious thought. The other 90% of your brain isn't unused. It's just used for processes that aren't under your conscious control. And so when you sleep, that's when that 90% really shines. So you don't really need to be present or conscious for it, it needs to shut down that part of your brain because your body's got work to do. Like there's a lot of things that need to be done in that time. So it's super active and it's actually very metabolically demanding. That's why people don't use less energy when they go to sleep. That's a very common misunderstanding. People think that they use, don't need as much to eat when they go to sleep. So like they don't want to eat a lot before bed because they, that, that'll just get stored as fat. I'm like, no, your body actually needs that energy for immune function and for neurological repair and adaptation and processing of new memories. Like you need, you need to eat before bed. This <laughs> is very, very important. All right, well, we're coming down to the end of our 26 minutes. So um, next, I don't, I don't even know what next, uh, podcast is going to be about. So if you have any questions, go ahead and email me and then I will try to formulate a podcast for you. Either way, I will look forward to seeing you next week. Take care and have a great day at work or at home with your family. Take care.
in your chest? Yeah. Does that hurt, Lexi? Yes, a little. Good. Have to make sure. And then, yeah, that was it. Trying. Um, what did I just discover that I liked? It'll get better. The more you get vegetables, the more you start to like vegetables. Because I used to be super picky too. I was mm-hmm. the McDonald's baby, and now I'm just like, oh, you can try this. Yeah, awesome. like somebody had, I had like tomato or something. I'm like, ooh. And then I can't remember. I ate something. I was like, oh, that, like, yeah, no, that's good. I don't. But obviously, it wasn't too, too good. overwhelming. Right, I'm like the same things over and over and over again. I'm like, if I have zucchini noodles, I feel super great about myself. Perfect. All right, thank you. I'll see you later. Yes. All right. Uh, I'm going to have you, you can go ahead and change. I'm going to start to clean up because I'm going to leave right after you. <laughs> it's Papa Soto's birthday. It's Papa Soto's birthday.
No. You're more important. I mean, it's like 15 minutes. It's not like I'm choosing to go to one place versus another place. I'm just going to work on you for a little bit, and then, and then I'll go over there. And they're, they were expecting me to work till 7 anyways. Let me let me finish my train of thought real quick. Shouldn't take too long. Fiverr.
how it was and where I'm building. You know, there's two big piles, and it's supposed to be, they don't want to pay us for off costs, and so it's supposed to be zero. But by on site, everything I did at Upgrade is supposed to be also on the job. It ain't working, guys, it ain't working. I've got these graves in here, I'm sure there's a grave, I think it's two mountains of dirt here. And they said, well, we went on the mountain here, a little mountain here. Well, I said, yeah, but on your plant, your mountain's like two, two and a half feet. Mine's five and six. <laughs> and it's twice as long both directions. <laughs> I got about 200 yards here to get rid of This is like 16 truckloads. And it cost them 400. We can't seem to find a decent dump. The nearest dump in Milpitas, hmm? in Milpitas, is what's the charge. And this is like right next door, we're in New York, okay? So Milpitas is close. What's happening is they want to charge $40 a ton. I said, that's $800 a truckload. I said, I can, I only, I got a place in Vacaville that takes all for a hundred bucks. So I paid a truck driver the extra time, the extra two hours to go there and come back. But still, you know, that only cost me 540 with the dump fee. The other direction is 800 just for the dump fees, and I guess I can load a truck and get them around in that couple hours. So that's like a thousand dollars that direction. I said, no, they're going the other direction. So anyway, they don't want to pay the $540 a load. Maybe it was almost like my suit later for sleep. You know, 
Yeah, well, it just that that is what I'm saying. Where I'm stretching the tummy. Yeah, a little bit on top, but isn't it that twenty ninth difference? The twenty ninth and Sunday. I think that's why they have to it on Sunday. No, I'm trying to pull your sacrum back and see if it uh, will release some of the tension off of your hamstring. Mm -hmm. So you can straighten out your leg. Open. You mean the one that doesn't go down? Yeah, the one that doesn't go down. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this this ligament right here that's attached to the front of your sacrum is directly attached to your um, your hamstring. So sometimes when it pulls taut.
out of here by 8.30 today. Yeah. Got that going for us. the casing off the little the little casing off I don't know I don't know how else to describe that the casing supposed to stay here. I'm glad I saw that. I threw them away.
Underneath this. 